Ladies and gentlemen, Ja'Kai Douglas, a.k.a. Agent Zero, is fully back and with the team, fully practicing, and he's expected to be available again for against the Clemson Tigers this weekend. All that and more on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Let's ride. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. And as always, I am joined in the stream yard by my one and only compadre, Mr. David Wise. Davey, what's going on, my guy? You look, uh, you look well rested. Yeah, yeah, definitely well rested. Drake, I've had some time to, you know, not be on such high alert from these last two weeks. I, you know, let's just let's hard reset everybody. Second half of the schedule, we're here for you. We're we're gonna get through this. We're gonna get through because we are locked on Seminoles. But always, we are Knowles Anonymous, your favorites, Florida State, you know, Florida State Seminoles support group because we are here whenever the FSU teams let y'all down. But today, as the top of the hour, we're discussing Jakai Douglas return to the team in the first segment. And we will remaining do a Clemson preview on the offensive and defensive side of the ball for the rest of the show. Dave, let's start off with the big news. Ja'Kai Douglas, a.k.a. the most underrated, underused player that we've said ad nauseum on this program, is back with the team. He's fielding punts. He's hitting wheel routes. He's back in the game. What do you make of the return of Ja'Kai Douglas and how important of an impact is, of, is this to this team? Well, I think, first of all, it depends on the way the coaches intend to use him. Um it's it's tough to say that like we don't need more help at wide receiver because having Jakai Douglas and hopefully eventually Winston right back, that's only going to add a dimension. Obviously, people are kind of frustrated, I think, with the wide receiver room after this last game. It's one of those incidents of recency bias where like, you know, you think you hit every red light because it just happened to you. But like, really, you don't hit every red light. Um the receivers haven't sucked. We have one of the best receiver units in the country this year. It's just, it's unfortunate how they perform in this last game, but we, we don't, I think have that Jakai Douglas currently in the mix um, last year. And he's been a specialist at, at that kind of wheel route about creating space out of the backfield. And, and there's no one that can really cover him. Like you put a linebacker on him, they're going to get burnt. You put a corner on him. He can get physical. Um, he's good. I think Anything we can do at this point uh, after seeing that second half of football to give Jordan Travis more weapons and to, you know, add to the collection of receivers we have is nothing but a net positive. And I mean, you don't need to look much further than the fact that he's averaging almost 18 yards of reception on his career. Uh, you can always use that in your offense and we can here. No, I mean, that's perfectly fine. And also it's kind of nice to see him come in when we have Trayshawn Ward or, who he did have, um, I don't think it was a super uh, uh, intense surgery, but I do expect him to be out for some time. And I do think missing Christian Ward, he is the best back of those three to me because he has the best patience and the best vision. You'll see at times where Trey Benson and Lawrence Tofili, while they have the skills, Trey Benson is one of those players that needs a little time to basically, kind of, he's like a choo-choo train, like chugga, 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 chugga to get the full speed. Lawrence Tofili, 
He's still like, you know, acclimating to basically having that vision downfield. So Jakarta Douglas actually being an extra weapon out of the backfield. I mean, we saw him last year against Notre Dame and against Miami that the wheel route is patented by him. No yeah. one runs that better on this team than him. And he's someone that this offense has been explosive all year, minus the past two games. And he is the definition of an explosive athlete. So him back, come back in the lineup is a boost to the wide receiver room. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little more names come back to the room very, very shortly. That's why I said it's it kind of depends on how the coaches use him. Because if he can be used in a running back capacity, that's more, I think, of an immediate impact, depending on how effective he is. Even if it's just to have somebody else in the rotation. Like, we are we have Trey Benson, obviously, feel good about that. Uh, we have Lawrence Toafili. So th- we have two good options. But Rodney Hill, have, too. Your boy. You, you're the one. Say, I was just going to say Rodney Hill. Those are two good options. Rodney Hill is a bit of an unknown. Um, I think he's going to have a good Florida State career. Uh, I don't I don't know if he's ready to give the kind of contribution we're going to need in a game like Clemson. Um, but depending on how long uh, Trayshawn Ward is out, yeah, a guy like Rodney Hill is going to be needed because uh, we don't just rely on two running backs. And that's why it'll be interesting to see if Ja'Kai Douglas is able to, or if the coaches are able to use him in that capacity to spell like Toa Feely, for example. Uh, so that that'll be very interesting to see. The wide receiver room, we have a lot of guys in there who have been super productive. It never hurts to have one more, but yeah, that running back room, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. I think so too. And also I think he'll like, even to me, I think his more of his impact is going to be basically as like a decor distraction, actually when he does line up in the backfield. Cause there, cause when you see him in the backfield, you have to account for him. Yeah. And we're basically been saying that with Trayshawn Ward being gone, like now you're going to have to be able to account for Jakado in the backfield. Will he do the wheel route? The X also was pretty decent last year at pass blocking and run blocking too, as well on the backfield. So then I'll open up the open up the game for a Johnny Wilson, a Micah Pittman, as well as a Ontario Wilson, where we need this offense to basically come back to where they were for the first four games. Like I understand that NC State has a very, very elite defense. It's a very good defense. But from when we saw from second half, and no elite offense or even a subpar defense could have, would, would have been good against us at all whatsoever. So to me, overall, the return to Kyle Douglas is probably Almost as important, if not as more important than the return of Robert Scott from last week. Right. And and just something interesting to note, like last year, for example, Ja'Kai Douglas's two most effective games were in big moments uh, against Notre Dame and against Miami. So I'll always take a guy like him that that steps up in big moments against better competition um, than, you know, necessarily somebody who will throw up 200 yards against like James Madison or something. So, yeah, we're, we got Clemson coming up. Uh, and we have Miami and Florida on the back half of the schedule. In addition to somebody will say Syracuse is good, I'm sure. Uh, but they are good, Dave. We're we're gonna need we're gonna need guys who can serve in a capacity out of the backfield. And there is no one better at this point to have healthy than Jagai Douglas. There is no one better than this moment. And also, like you are saying, Dave, that he actually is probably one of the more clutch players. He steps yeah. up to the moment when it comes up, and Dave. You know who basically helps us out in picking out the clutch and deciding moments to kind of basically bet on and play on? I know you're going to tell me. Right, it's our friends over at Bet Online, folks. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all day sports action. And as y'all know, Dave and myself, well, we didn't play primarily football. We were thrilled and we played a lot of baseball growing up. And right now, it's the best time of the year. It's October. Fall ball is here. The, the what would you call it, Dave? The uh, the boys of fall, basically overall, because about baseball uh, baseball playoffs, right? Right. So to me, I'm going to pick a game right here, Dave. As you automatically is the fade Dave segment of the week of the day of the millennium. Dave, oh, don't do it. You are a Yankees fan. I knew. 
What are you pointing to? Oh, that it's there, that's, there. You go. That shoulder. That shoulder, folks. Dave has no idea where it's left and right, left and right. Is if you're listening to this on the audio platform, right now the New York Yankees, October thirteenth, have Nestor Cortez going going up against Shane Bieber, Bieber, and the Cleveland Guardians. They are a minus one and a half favorite at plus one sixty five, whereas the Cleveland Guardians are plus one and a half underdogs at minus one ninety. Dave, what are you taking for this game? Thanks. I think you already know uh, where I'm going with this game. Uh, the Yankees are going to sweep in the series. Uh, I, I was hoping that maybe I could go to the game on Monday night. It's not going to be a game on Monday night. This is this is going to be an easy one. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Yankees are necessarily going to win the World Series. I wish Brian Cashman would find some more pitching, but here we are. We're good enough to beat this. We're good enough to beat this Guardians team. I disagree with you. I'm actually going to be riding with Shane Bieber and also riding with the best player, probably in the American League, not named Aaron Judge, and that is going to be Jose Ramirez, the third baseman over there from the Dominican Republic. So, folks, if you want to fade, Dave, take the Cleveland Guardians at plus one and a half. Also, I'm taking them because my fiance is from Cleveland. She's a Guardians fan. So take the Guardians at plus one and a half or ride with Dave. He's a little better with the baseball picks with the New York Yankees and Nestor Cortez, the pride of Hialeah, Florida. Shout out 305. So take the New York Yankees at minus one and a half to trail Dave into battle. Okay, Dave. Yeah. Since basically this is a preview show, that's what we're doing today. We're still trying to work on the Know Your Foe series for Clemson this week. We most likely will be bringing on someone else that actually covers, you know, college football as a whole. So Clemson, there's a big game on Saturday. It's at 730. Most likely if we have been NC State, game day would be coming. But you know what? Stuff happens. So you want to go offense side of the ball first or the defense side of the ball first when you do the preview? Let's go Let's go with our offense against their defense um, so we can end on a high note here. Okay, uh, perfect, perfect. So then you know what? I'm going to give the ball to you since I know you've been scouting Clemson for a little bit longer than I have. Why don't you take us away and I'm giving the ball to you as we speak. Okay, so guys, th- we don't need to tell you this. I feel like you already know. Clemson has a very good defense. Um, I hate that, but they do. They're a top it's 10 defense, good. no matter how you look at it. They, they don't really have much of a weakness. Um, they're just as good at run defense as they are pass rush. Their coverage is good, um, albeit not quite as good as their run defense. Their tackling is above average. They're they're just a damn good defense. And, of course, they're getting Brian Brissi back. Don't get me started. I don't think he's that good, but he – He's just a he's okay. Dave is a hater for that comment. I'm asking, I just I want to say that on for myself on the record because I don't stand with you on that statement. He's all right, he's nothing special, but anywho, some people think he is, and they're getting him back. Um, there, there's no easy way to attack this Clemson defense. It that NC State defense we just played was quite good, and this Clemson defense is appreciably better, so that's not great. Um, the question is how you beat Clemson with, with our offense. Um, whew. It's going to be tough giving Jordan Travis time to pass in this game. Um, the running game is going to be tough to come by with Treshawn Ward out. So that leaves to me an obvious answer of how you attack this game. Pray. Pray. <laughs> and pray that Jordan Travis runs the ball. Because Jordan Travis running the ball, I think in that last game, caught NC State a bit by surprise. Like, if you had watched the tape on him this year, you hadn't seen much of it. You hadn't seen any of it, really. Um, and he was very effective at it. And without without Treshawn Ward in the lineup, you've got to replace that production. It's not going to come from, I, I don't think, just Trey Benson and Lawrence Toafili. Jordan Travis 
being the quarterback and running the football adds a dimension to the offense that requires the defense to account for it. it takes a guy kind of focusing on Jordan Travis running the ball, which makes their defense slightly less multidimensional. That's what we need to accomplish in this game. And look, we're going to have matchups that are favorable to us. Johnny Wilson is always a matchup problem. Like nobody has a six foot seven DB. So the passing plays should still be there, but it's going to be really hard to be efficient against this defense. I don't think the game plan can be just, you know, hope we're getting a couple yards here and there and converting third downs. Um, third downs aren't where we want to be against Clemson. They're one of the best teams in the country in opposing team third down percentage. They, they only allow third first downs on less than 30% of third down plays, third down plays run against them. That's not good. Drake. Um, would you like to guess where we are in third down conversion percentage on offense though? Uh, I'm going to assume that third down conversion percentage you mean, you said, yep. Yep. I want to say we're in the top 50. We're in the top, oh, we're almost top 25. That might oh. surprise some people. Yeah, 46% of our third downs were converting. Um, a lot of them have felt unsustainable, like a, a lot of those longer third downs. The fact that we continue to convert them means they're obviously not unsustainable. But I just don't think this is the kind of game where you're going to be able to get away with efficiency, where your offensive line has struggled, uh, where your running game is going to be down its best player. Uh, you're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to hit some chunk plays. And so you're going to have to, like I said, you're going to have to get Jordan Travis some runs um, and just make them worry about it, if nothing else, to give the receivers space because it's going to be hard to come by. And I think one thing that we also kind of you know, like broach on too is that we a lot of us watched the Wake Forest Clemson Tigers game, right? Yeah. Where basically that entire Clemson secondary was torched by Sam Hartman. Well, folks, Sam Hartman and Wake's offense is very good. Yeah. And also, people forget that Clemson's, I think, secondary was down to their third strings across the entire way, yeah. um, which to me, well, it's, it's kind of like misleading because also Clemson is getting some of their players back in secondary. I know they're already getting the entire defensive line back. I think Xavier, Xavier Thomas had his first snaps last week, and I think he had, like, what, I guess two pressures and a sack in, like, six snaps total. Uh, that defensive line, I'm, we might also need to take a life insurance policy on Jordan Travis before yep. his game actually starts. Uh, but, I mean, I agree with you. I think this is where a game that Jordan needs to actually commit to running the ball himself or, at the very least, extend the play where the secondary for Clemson is solid, but it's not the Clemson of what we're used to work where, you know, you had Tavon Mullen, you had A.J. Terrell. Like, those players aren't in secondary anymore because now they're on the defensive line with Brian Brzee, K.J. Henry, Xavier Thomas, and Tyler Davis. So, to me, this is gonna a game that's going to come down to Jordan needs to show up and show out and basically be able to be both of what, we're, what um, uh, people thought AR, AR, uh, Anthony Richardson was going to be at Florida. The dynamic runner along with the elite accurate passer. And we've seen throughout basically the first four games, Jordan is fully capable of making those throws. Yep. Hell, the first half of NC State, he was awesome. He was throwing dimes. I even texted you and Max that, man, I, if I was Jordan, I would go over and slap Malik McLean, slap with his players for dropping the ball right now because basically they were letting him down a little bit. But we don't need to see, basically, for Jordan, I don't want to see a reversion back to that second half where we kind of saw that he basically, he let the emotions get a little bit of the best of him. And also, you basically saw the sort of turmoil between him and Mike Norvell. So to me, with this offensive game plan, we need to have Jordan Travis run the ball or also I'll also supplement it with, with a sort of extending the play and finding a Johnny Wilson or a Micah Pittman, who eventually, in my opinion, will get open. And also... Hit on the Lawrence Tofili and Chicago explosive plays because this team needs to hit an explosive place to even keep close with Clemson. 
Yeah. Um, just I, not to put too much pressure on Jordan Travis. I mean, it's not like we do anyways, but we're, we can only win this game if he plays that type of game you just mentioned. If if Jordan Travis is the quarterback that he was the first four weeks, this is so unfair. But add in the rushing dimension you got in that NC State game, uh, meaning basically play a perfect game. Florida State can win this game. No problem. Um, not no problem, but more than capable of winning this game. It's just going to re- require, I think, I think to win this game will require a heroic effort by Jordan Travis. I don't think there's any way around that. Um, there's an easy to see domino effect of why. Uh, Drake, where do you think Clemson ranks, ranks in opponent yards per rush attempt? Uh, top five. Top two. Uh, 1.9 yards per rush. Who's number one? Um, that would be James Madison, ironically. <laughs> I mean, okay, low-key, the Dukes are pretty good. The okay. Dukes are pretty good, okay? Look, Clemson's rush defense is something serious, and their interior defensive line is getting an addition this week. Um, so if we had Treshawn Ward, that would be a problem. So it's going to be hard to open up our traditional running game, which will make it more difficult to pass if we're not succeeding in the traditional run game. You can see easily why the formula has to be there for Jordan Travis to take the game over. He's going to need to run the ball, which will open things up in the passing game, which will open things up in the running game. It's a domino effect of things that have to happen, but it can happen. It can happen. I think also that now Jordan, I talked about last year where like the game against Clemson to me was very winnable. And I do think that there was a lot of plays where Jordan did keep you in that game, but there's a lot of smaller plays. If you look at it in sort of a microscope that Jordan did kind of like not let you down, but if he was, if he was a better quarterback, he would have made those intermediate and out throws. The Jordan this Travis this year would have made all those throws and probably if we had, you know have a time traveling machine take Jordan put in the game last year we would probably would have won that game easily because also I mean since they said the last year score was thirty twenty people forget the fumble from last year that game was a lot closer than, and we probably should have won that game where I think that's where me and you were kind of you know sympathetic on that remark so to right. me with Jordan I don't know if a heroic effort is going to be is what we need but I think we need something pretty damn close overall and then yeah. we'll talk about we'll talk about defense next real quick but. I do think that basically this is a game where Jordan does need to step up back to what we saw against LSU. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is the offensive line has struggled, but despite how good Clemson's defense is and how good their defensive line is, there's some hope to be had here. This may surprise a lot of people to hear Clemson's defense is only 58th in sack percentage, 6% of plays for reference. Florida state is 16th. We get a sack on almost 9% of plays. It doesn't feel to me like we've gotten some ridiculous number of sacks, but we're significantly higher than Clemson in sack percentage. So it's not necessarily like Jordan will be spending the whole day on his back, but still, still, he's going to need to have a remarkable performance. And that's why I think the addition of Robert Scott, like when we saw him against NC State, he actually did look fully healthy. He didn't actually look bad at all. I think he actually probably was one of our best grade linemen. And also if he looked overall, our pass blocking grades against NC State actually were super high. I don't think we had anyone below the six below sixty nine. Nice overall actually for our PFF. So to me, the offensive line, so long as they keep Jordan, you know, standing up, I think Jordan actually will be able to have time, keep us in the game, and also I'm not looking, I'm not guaranteeing an upset, but I do think there is an avenue for victory to be had here. And then now let's go over and talk about the defense side of the ball, where FSU needs to stop a rolling DJU and a Clemson offense. Okay, Dave, we are back, and now we're at the end of the show. Now we're flipping over side of the ball. When Clemson has the ball, first off, DJU, different player from last year. Yep. He looks immensely better. Will Shipley, 
has sort of started coming around too, but also think the weapons are helping DJU because if you watch the Georgia Tech game, you definitely saw that a lot of those passes were dropped. So it was a little misleading to say that DJU was sort of bad that game. So Dave, defensively for FSU, what do we need to do to stop this Clemson offense? Or simply is it something that basically is a lot more attainable than what we just discussed about the uh, against Clemson's defense? Yeah, th- this is not nearly as unfavorable a matchup as as some might think. And I don't think Florida State's defense is getting enough credit for how good it's been overall and in a lot of similar respects to Clemson. Um, Clemson's offense only averages five, or excuse me, not only, they average 5.8 yards a play. I say only because that's only 48th in the country. So it's not like there's some elite team in moving the football on a yards per play basis. And that's good for Florida State because, again, top 25 in yards per play allowed at 4.8. So something's going to give there. And I like our defense in that matchup. The the part of it that scares me is Clemson's third down rate. Um, I got to talk about this. They convert half their third downs. Really? Half. They're number 12 in the country in third down conversion percentage. And we're only 59th um in third or opponent third down conversion percentage at 37.7 so Clemson is good at converting third downs and I would have thought I mean still and I would have thought before seeing that that look we've done a great job this year I've said this so many times but we continue to do it at keeping things in front of us things really don't get behind this defense it gets frustrating to fans at times because it is a lot of a bend but don't break defense um where you know, you'll see us give up some first downs and then we'll hold them to a field goal. And like, frankly, the coaching staff, I think is okay with that because if teams are only scoring three, every possession or every other possession, we should be able to do better than that. Truly we should. Um, But for this Clemson offense, you can't let them, you can't let them get explosive plays on you. You have to, you have to force them to do what somehow they've been remarkably good at, which is converting third downs. And and the way you're going to win that matchup is to keep those third downs longer. Um, Clemson's wide receivers, we talked about this before the season. They're nothing special. Um, this is this is a wide receiver unit that I expect our DBs to be able to handle, not shut down, but handle. Um, so if if you if you're able, if you're able to shut that run game down early and force them to throw the ball, DJU has been better, but he's also still had plenty of erratic throws this year. So if you force him to some bad decisions and force him to revert to the old DJU. Uh, that 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 can turn the game around pretty quickly, especially if you're able to then, you know, go on offense and score and force them to play from behind. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you have to shut down that run game of Clemson and then from there force them to beat you through the air. I, I'm not saying their run game's great. It's 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 not. But but if they have that going, it's going to open up the passing game and it's going to be easy picking because our defense will probably end up spending too much time on the field as they convert third down after third down after third down. And that can't happen. Yeah. When you look at DJU this year, he has 1,462 yards to 14 touchdowns to two interceptions. Damn, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. The QBR is 74.9. Uh, last week actually was one of his worst games against Boston College, which is a defense that we kind of were actually able to shell. He was only 18 of 31 for 220 yards, but that's also, if you watch that game, the first half, you kind of can tell a little bit discombobulated. The second half, they actually went out of their way to kind of prove a point and basically get ready for the next one. So overall, to me, I do think that mainly these wide receivers, I they're like a nice way to put it, yeah, you're, you're right, they're nothing special. Like, they're still decent wide receivers, but there's no longer the Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Ross players to kind of 
worry about it. And, my, and also, in my personal opinion, I think DJU, like the way he's evolved and taking a step forward this year, actually makes them look a lot better than they actually are. And then you have Will Shipley, who isn't your Travis Etienne back nor your CJ Spiller, but he's someone that FSU, and I think we need to harp on this more with defense, they need to tackle the first time they touch him. Will Shipley is someone that after the after the contact, that's where most of his yards come from because he is a big boy. If you watch him, he reminds me a lot of that one single season where Peyton Hills was able to get on the mat and cover. He's someone that's hard to bring down, big, strong, burly, and loves to initiate contact. So to me, with FSU, we need to basically be physical. That we need to be out physical Clemson, which is a very, very tall task, tall, uh, tall task to ask for these for these kids. But I think with the length of the outside, like to me, I want to see Azaria Thomas have a lot more snaps this game. I want to see our longer, bare corners kind of be physical up front. And to me, I think Jared Verse maybe actually be able to play a little more in this game. I want him to be harassing uh, DJU in the backfield. I'm, I'm glad you said that. That brings me to my final point here. I think, A, you need Jordan Travis to be on his A game. But B, I think another or additional way to win this game, you got to get to DJU. Um, Clemson's only 39th in uh, quarterback sack percentage. They allow sacks on over 4% of plays. Um, again, I said this earlier, we're 16th in the country in team sack percentage. At, we're sacking quarterbacks on almost 9% of plays. I'm not saying we're going to sack him on 9% of plays, but – if, if we can rattle him, if we can rattle DJ and he's getting off schedule and he's making erratic throws or he throws an interception, that's what's going to be needed to win this game. I'm not saying you have to get lucky. I, I think Florida State can win this game without necessarily getting lucky. But you're going to have to pressure DJU, make him make bad decisions, and then you're going to have to turn right around and take advantage of those. But that is doable for a defensive line that's done so well in getting the quarterback despite missing guys here and there throughout the season. No, I mean, I completely agree with you overall with that. Oh, oh, oh. I think you're getting a phone call there, Dave? Nope. That was weird. That was that was odd. But no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm completely agree with you with that. And also, I think with this offensive line for Clemson, it's a solid offensive line. People remember, I think, Will, Will Putnam, the kid that I know FSU was recruiting a few years ago, along with Jordan McFadden and Marcus Tate. But overall, to me, that this is where the defensive line, I think, needs to take, take another step forward. Last week, we kind of saw them kind of, not bully, but they kept us in the game against NC State, especially, you know, Joshua Farmer and Patrick Payton, seeing how they're kind of evolving and developing into these star players, aka Odell and Java Puchis. There's those two guys are doing their job and earning the paycheck. But to me, we need to make DJU's life uncomfortable because yep. somewhere in there is the old DJU, the bad DJU, the one that was not having fun and was very unconfident. What, unconfident is that word? Unconfident? <laughs> non-confident uh, sure yeah let's say yes yeah yeah i'll, I'll send us a webster's for a uh, introduction for that but yeah we need to be able to basically make his life uncomfortable that's all you gotta do make him make him not confident basically playing the game because and force him out of the pocket because if you saw last year a lot when teams did that dju was very averse adverse to actually running the ball even though he has that bigger body and he actually isn't that slow but he's also someone that's harder to bring down so to me move the pocket disrupt his flow get the tempo down and to me that's how you win this game that's a tough that's a, that's a tough ask it's a tall order asset of this team but that's basically the only way i can see an fsu victory this saturday is if we go to that game plan yeah like we said jordan travis has to be on his game you gotta pressure dju 
I think the other, the third option here is you just got to win the turnover game. Uh, Florida State and Clemson. Oh yeah, uh, well, yeah, yes. I'm lucky. This would be great. <laughs> we're we're tied in uh, turnovers per game and turnovers forced per game. And Clemson is among the top of the country in turnover margin per game. We're a little lower on the list. So if you win the turnover battle, I, that's that's an easy way to win this game. I, I don't think if you get two and they get one, that's how you do it. But necessarily, but if we can protect the football and force them to make some stupid decisions. That's just less possessions for them. That's more possessions for us. And from what we've seen the last couple of weeks, I think we need those extra possessions and we need those extra plays. We got to keep the off with the defense off the field as long as we can. And that will most likely turn to points. So yeah, Jordan do good pressure. DJU win the turnover game. Three keys to victory. Today's three keys to victory. Cause I do believe the turnover game, we're going to need a, bit, a little bit of luck. Like folks, Clemson is the number four team. For, for good reason, and they look like the Clemson of old right now, kind of dominating their being overall, but it is October, a.k.a. Shocktober. Spookier things have happened. They're coming to Doak at night in prime time. We're Kirk allowed Street. to... What's up? Kirk Herbstreet's calling the game. Kirk Herbstreet's calling call the game. Shout out to Big Noel with how he's, that we're 7-0 and when he's yeah. calling the games, which is a lie, but that tweet was hilarious. I wish <laughs> I was able to share it on here. But no, to me... Spookier things have happened. We're allowed to upset these teams and win the damn game, especially when these teams are obviously more talented than us. We're outmatched, but listen, we're allowed to win. We want to win, and sure enough, I do think there's a solid avenue for us to win, but Clemson minus three and a half might be a good take for y'all. But folks, <laughs> thank you all so much for your love and support. As always, we love having you here. We got to do this each and every single day because y'all keep on coming back. This is Dave's last show for the week because he is actually going on vacation for a few days. But we do have the walkthrough coming up on Saturday. He's probably gonna, we're gonna, probably going to record one probably right after this or simply he'll record solo. I'll add into what I say later on. But Dave, let the folks know how much you love them. Let them with some parting words about Clemson and the podcast and YouTube instructions. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love you because I don't know how to put it into words. But just know that I do. And since I love you so much, please find our podcast anywhere you get your podcast spotify stitcher google apple or google play apple and for the youtube please give us a like if you like the video we do appreciate those uh subscribe to the channel ding the little bell at the top turn on your notifications and let you know when our videos drop and leave us a comment what did we miss what did we get right what did we get wrong we always read them and we love your feedback please give it to us Please give it to us, folks. And as always, we'll be back here as soon as possible. I'll try my best to get a know your foe for this week. But, hey, it's Clemson week. It's hate week. F everything orange because this will be the last game up until the bye week. And then during the bye week, I am reaching out to other FBC personalities that come on to the show for the entirety of the week. of our, Please comment below who you want to see come on and chop it up with Dave and myself. But with that being said, that was Dave. This was Drake. And we'll see you all next time. Unlocked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody, and be Clemson. He has a button. Oh, no.